Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. And our spring semester will kick off, and we've got 12 weeks. We're going to be gathering together in groups, and we would love for you to be in a group. The exciting thing is all of those groups are online live today, so you can go on the Church Center app or on our website, and you can access all of the groups that are available um, on different nights of the week, different times, different topics, different books of the Bible, all those things. But we believe in growing together and discipling each other and uh, getting better in our walk with Christ. Amen? And uh, tonight, we want to invite you back. We do this a couple of times a year. Uh, This one is specifically uh, important because this is how we end our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we have been in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Today is day 21. And so we conclude that today, and we're fasting through today, and we're ending tonight with a night of worship at 6 p.m. And so we're going to come together right here in this room. We want you to be here. It's a powerful time. We just lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to take communion together as a part of that tonight. And, uh, and, and then it's super cool because after that, all of us, there's a bunch of us that go eat something that we haven't eaten in 21 days, and we have a great time with that. Amen? In Jesus' name. Um, so uh, I, hope that your, I hope that your fast has gone well. Um, I know it's been a challenge. Come on, I'm gonna stand on this. I'm gonna stand on this stage and tell you that this last week, woo, man, it was tough. Come on, somebody, it was like I st- you start craving the things that man I had been doing good up to that point, and then you start craving those things, and it's like man I got to press into the Lord right now. But we want to finish strong, and so uh, we'd love for you to be here tonight at 6 p.m. where we have a night of worship, communion together. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, we've been in a series for the past few weeks that is based on our word for 2022. Um, Every year we have a word for the year for our church, and this year's word is transformed. And so we started a series a few weeks ago that we simply called Transformed, and we're talking about different areas of our lives where we may need a transformation uh, to take place. Maybe we have not surrendered. We talked about how Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, and if you let me in, right? And he was saying that to the church So there can be believers and Christians who have doors closed in their life that they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to move or work or for Jesus to come into that area of their life. And so we're kind of breaking down some areas where we may need to be transformed uh, over several weeks. And so uh, we've talked about being transformed into Christ's image and the importance of that. And then last weekend, Lucas brought an incredible message. Come on, wasn't it awesome? Last weekend, Lucas talked about transformed desires and so I uh, hope you were blessed by that, and if, you, uh, if you've missed either one of those messages in this series, you can always go back on the app, and you can watch those, or if you prefer the audio, you can get the podcast, and uh, go back and listen to those as you're driving down the road or something, and I believe you'll be blessed by it and get you caught up to speed, but uh, we established a couple of verses that we are calling our theme verses uh, for this series, Transform. The first one is in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. They both use the same word, the same Greek word, to talk about transformation. And this one, we're, we're, many of us are familiar with. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, there's our word, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And then the other one we were looking at was 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 And Paul writes, he says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of the Lord are being transformed. We are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory which comes from the Lord 
who is the Spirit. And so today, uh, for part three of our series, I have titled this message simply, we're just kind of tagging on one word or a few words to the end of the word transform, but I've titled this Transformed Finances. Transformed Finances. So full disclaimer today, we're talking about giving, we're talking about generosity, uh, but here's what I want to encourage you to do. First of all, if this is your first time here, take a deep breath. And just ask the person next to you, do they always talk about money? And you'll find out, no, we do not always talk about money. But I do believe, seriously, I do believe that once or twice a year, it's important to be reminded of some principles in Scripture that I feel like the Lord has called us to live by. And the blessing that comes alongside that whenever, uh, the blessing that God's able to pour into our lives whenever we live by these principles. So we're going to be talking about three, uh, three unique uh, kind of areas or topics in this message as we go through, but uh, we are talking about that, and so um, I want you to just take a deep breath and breathe, and it's going to be okay. I believe you're going to be blessed by what God, uh, God wants you to hear today, and uh, I want to start off this morning by uh, a biblical view of stewardship, because I think the first thing that we have to understand when we start talking about resources and finances and possessions and all of these things is that God already owns it all. So we're not talking today from the point of, well, you have some things, you do have some things, but God already owns everything. He's the one who's given you what you have. And because he's given you what you have, he's put some principles in place in Scripture. And it's, and it's, and it's like this picture of if you'll, if you'll steward it this way, and if you'll be generous in this way, and if you'll operate in this way, then I can pour out blessing into your life. And you'll always, as we're going to find out toward the end of the message, you'll always have enough. You'll never have lack. In fact, you will have extra because he wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. And this was the best, the best definition that I could come up with, a biblical view of stewardship. I like this. It says, utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. For the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. So the first thing right out of the gate I want to ask you. If you were to take inventory. Don't feel condemned today. But maybe you need to feel challenged. If you were to take inventory of your life. And how you steward. Would you say that you use what God provides to you. To bring him glory. And to better his creation. And, and we can tag on with that. Do you believe that people are something that God created? Do you believe that the church is something that God created? Do you believe that, that uh, these resources that God has put on people's hearts and lives to start, that it was something that through them God is creating and he's doing something? I believe that God wants, to, God wants to funnel, if we could use this term, he wants to funnel resource through you to be a blessing to other people. And so God's already going to take care. He can, he can take care of everybody and he can take care of his church and he will take care of his church and all these things but there's also a principle that God wants to God wants to funnel some resources through you and bless you so that you can be a blessing to others and he would see that oh I can continue to give you more and more so that you'll always have enough for every good work and everything that I call you to give to and everything that that I put on your heart God wants to operate through your life in that way and so I have three points and three different topics that I want to talk about uh, for just a few moments. Point number one is not original to me. Uh, this is something that I heard taught in this way and this illustration that I'm about to show you. And so uh, it blessed me and it stuck with me. And so I felt like it was too good to not share as we kick off this message today. So I'm going to uh, get a few volunteers. Heath, will you, can you come up here and help me? And you can just stand, you can just stand right, right down here. Some of y'all are like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. He'll call you out. <laughs> I'll call you out. 
Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Carl, can you help me? Can you help me? I know Carl. He'll he'll be happy to help. And uh, let's get let's get one more. Let's get one more. Who? Everybody's like, don't don't look at him. Scott, will you help? He's sitting right on the end. It's easy for you to come up here. All right, all right. So we got Carl and we have Heath and Scott. You can you can be right here. You're gonna play this role and you'll understand what this role means in just a moment. Um, so here's what. <laughs> So here's what, uh, and you won't have to say anything, so, so you, can, you can relax. So here's what, um, here's, here's an illustration that I think uh, shows us kind of one principle in Scripture that I believe God has set up uh, to funnel resources through us into other people's lives and to be a blessing to the church and be a blessing in ministries and organizations and things like that. So, uh, so here, is my, here is my wife. This is my bride. She's sitting right here on the front. Isn't she beautiful? Come on. So... So let's say for the sake of, for the sake of argument, somebody's going to listen to this on podcast and they're going to think that was heresy, but the, like if you're listening to this on podcast later and you weren't here, you just got to be here to understand it like this is not a heretical thing. Um, so for, for the sake of this, this uh, illustration, let's pretend that I am Jesus, all right? So I'm Jesus and I have a bride, right? There's, there's my bride sitting on, on the front row and I am going away. And I'm going to I'm going to provide for her. I'm going to make sure she's taken care of. But I also want to funnel some resources through some other people to also make sure that she has enough and that that she's blessed and that she's taken care of while I'm gone. So I'm going away, and I find these three guys, and I say, Hey, I'm going to give each one of you ten thousand dollars a month. Come on, in that great in that great news right there. Aren't you glad you volunteered? So I'm going to give each one of you ten thousand dollars a month. And here's the only thing I'm asking. I just I have some I have a way that I want you to kind of handle it. You you can take 90% of that, and I want you to, uh, you can spend that on anything you want. You can give it to, to anywhere. You can be a blessing. I want to speak to you. I want to use you through that. You can, you can utilize that however you want, but I want you to set aside 10%, the first 10%, and I want you to give that to my bride, all right? So I want you to make sure that every month I'm going to send you, I'm the one sending it, so I'm going to give you $10,000, and all I'm asking is that 1000 of that that you would give to her so that she can be blessed, so that, you know, I'm taking care of her, but I want to funnel some things through you so that she can be like extra blessed, all right? So $10,000 a month, and some time goes by, I go away. Some time goes by, let's say three or four months go by, and, I, and I'm like, hey, I need, let me, I'm going to check and see how Amanda's doing. I'm going to check and see how my wife is doing. And so I call her up, and I say, hey, how are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. Everything seems to be going really good. And I tell her, I'm like, yeah, I sent $10,000 a month to these three guys, right? And I sent it to them, and, and so let's, let's talk about how they're doing. So how's, how's Carl doing? And, and she's like, oh, Carl's doing great. <laughs> Carl's, Carl's doing amazing like every month it's like clockwork you know uh, the first part of the month I always get you know you've been sending him $10,000 a month and he's always like it just shows up $1,000 he's just making sure just checking on me like hey here's the $1,000 that, that, that your husband sent to me I see he sent me 10 and he asked me to give you 1000 of it and so I want to give this to you so you can be blessed and, and I'm like alright Carl's doing good alright how's, how's Heath doing she's like oh let me tell you about Heath Heath is not just sending $1,000 Heath is sending $2,000 <laughs> A month. Heath is just awesome. Every month there's $2,000 that comes back to me and you're sending him 10 and you only, he tells me, he's like, man, he only asked me to send you $1,000, but I want to make sure that I'm doing what God wants me to do. And so I want to be generous and I'm sending $2,000. You know, there's actually people that do that, right? And they, they go above and beyond. And so they send $2,000 a month. And I'm like, whoo, I like Heath. Heath is, Heath is good. And then, and then I'm like, hey, so how about Scott? How's Scott doing? She's like, well, we need to talk about Scott. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, Carl's been sending you $1,000 every month, and Heath, he's been sending $2,000 a month, so 
we're doing really good there. And she's like, yeah, but we need to talk about Scott. We've got to talk about Scott. Um, well, what's Scott been doing? Well, the first month, Scott sent me $700. The second month, Scott sent me $300. And the third month, last month, I didn't get anything from Scott. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you think I feel about Scott? I, I gave him the entire $10,000. It all came from me. And I said, hey, will you just take 1000 and we just give it to her so that we can make sure she's taken care of. And the other nine, you can take that and you can, you can be generous with that. You can, you can spend that. You can, you can do whatever it is. Like, like take that $9,000 and I'm just being a blessing to you. Just the first $1,000, i am going to make sure you give it to her. And here's a principle that we see in Scripture that, that Jesus really teaches is what do you, what do you think I'm going to do? Now, I'm not like, I, I don't love Scott any less. I'm not mad at Scott, but do you think I'm going to send Scott another $10,000 next month? And what the Bible teaches is that in, in the parable of the talents, if you go read that story, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what I was giving to Scott, and I'm going to distribute it over here because I've seen that, hey, they're, they're willing to be obedient. They're willing to do what I've asked them to do. And they can have all the rest and they can be a blessing with all the rest. And they can love on people and do this and all that. But the first part of it, I had asked them to take care of my bride. And they've been faithful to do that. So, so it's not that I don't love you anymore. It's not that I'm, I'm upset and mad with you. But I don't want to give you the money because I, I, I can't trust you with it. And so I'm going to give it over here to the people that I can trust with it. And I believe this is a principle in Scripture. That this is a principle in Scripture. Come on, you guys can be seated. Can we give them a hand? So here's, so, so point number one, here's, here's point number one, and it's not original to me, but it was too good not to say, is that tithing, I believe tithing is personal. I think that tithing is personal. I think that God has set up a principle not because he needs your money, but because he wants to funnel resources through you. And he wants you to be able to be a blessing to other people. And he wants to bless you, not with just what you need, but so that you'll have extra. So that you can be a blessing. And he says, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I've given you everything that you have. And if you'll honor me in this way, when you honor me in this way, then I can be even more of a blessing in your life. And so I think that tithing is personal and the church, come on, we know this to be true. The church is the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. And so I think that God has set up some principles in scripture that he he gives us some resources and then he asks us to even take care of his bride. Well, and I know what some of you're thinking. Well, Pastor Gabe, why does God need my resources to be a blessing? to other people and to the church and to be generous with. Why does God need my resources? Well, I want to submit to you a few things that, number one, we've already established this, that God owns it all. So he gives to us. He's blessed to us. We're like, well, no, I work my job to get that money. Yeah, but God provided the job for you to get so that you could have the ability to go so that you could make the money. Like, he's, he's providing everything for you. He already owns it all. And I was thinking about this and just some statements that, you know, as we think about, well, does God really need my resources? God doesn't need your resources because he owns it all. God isn't having trouble. I love this. God isn't having trouble paying the light bill in heaven. I mean, if you don't give, listen, if you don't give, guess what? 
God's going to be fine. If you don't give, here's another thing. The church will be fine. Because God will take care of the church. Jesus himself, he said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God's going to take care of what he's established. God's going to take care of the vehicle that he is using to bring the gospel to all the world and to reach people. God's going to take care of that. But here's what I believe. I think that God wants to bless you. I think that God wants to know that you'll honor him in this way. And that, that your things, that you may have money and resources and riches and things, but that your things don't have you. And that he's first in your life. And I think that's the principle that we're talking about. And I want to read, I want to read um, a few verses and listen, okay? Many of you have heard these verses before, and you've heard these verses preached on before, and I'm probably not going with these verses where you think I'm going with these verses because some of you have a bad taste in your mouth from these verses because this has been, this has been spoken to you in a condemning way. It's been spoken to a, you in a you-better-do-this kind of way, and that's not how it's written. And I want to point something out to you that, that I found very interesting, and so I want to read to you from Malachi chapter 3. And I want to start in verse 8, and this is, this is the conversation, all right? It says, will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. So the first thing I notice is that a lot of times we talk about tithes with this verse, but he says tithes and offerings. He's talking about tithes and generosity. Tithes, tithes and above. Like 10% and the next 20. You know what I'm saying? Like this is 10% and what he leads you to give above that. So tithes and offerings. But look, look at what it says. You are cursed with a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, pour out for you a blessing without measure. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your land and the vine in your field and will not fail to... And, and, in your field, will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. He's talking to his people in the Old Testament. We know that we are his people in the New Testament. Okay? So we got to kind of make the, make the transition. All right? So there's no longer Jew and Greek. You know, it's, 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 we're all one body. We're in the body of Christ. And according to Malachi 3... What do you think we are robbing God of when we don't tithe and give? Because here's what I think it is. When you don't tithe and give, I believe you're robbing God of the opportunity to bless you. This is not a, this is not a, you're robbing me and so you better, you better get on it. You better make the correction. You better do this. I think it's a principle. It's a principle that you can see in Scripture before the law, in the law, and after. And it's all about God wants your heart. And he says, he says listen, what if, what if we are robbing God of the opportunity to open the windows of heaven and bless us because we won't live this way? What if we are robbing God of the opportunity to rebuke the devourer for us because we won't live this way? What if, what if for so long we put so much emphasis on tithing and you got to tithe, 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 that we're just like doing it begrudgingly, like, well, I just got to tithe. And God doesn't even have your heart. And he says, you're, he says to his people in, this, in these verses, he says, you're robbing me. And they're like, how are we robbing you? He says, in tithes and offerings. He, says, I, he said, 
like, if you live this way, test me, and I'll see if I won't open up the windows of heaven. See if I won't rebuke the devourer for your sake. Like, you're robbing me of the opportunity to pour out a blessing in your life. And, and well, you know, Pastor Gabe, I just, I can't afford to tithe because things are so tight. Can I, I heard this, I heard a pastor say this, and I want to share this with you, and I think it's going to be on the screen. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. You'll never be able to afford to tithe. So many of us, we're waiting, and we're going to get into another point later in the message that kind of reinforces this, but, but we're waiting, like, if, when, I, when I get to X, Y, and Z, like, when my income gets to here, then I'll, then I'll be comfortable, and I can pay all my bills, and I can tithe, or I can pay all my bills, and I can be generous, and I can give to those around me, and I can give to ministries, and I can give to all of these things, and, and here's the reality. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never really be able to, you're going to have the mentality that I can't afford to tithe until you begin to tithe. Because it's when you begin to be generous and you begin to return the tithe to the Lord and you begin to live your life this way that God begins to pour more blessing out into your life because of the way that you're stewarding what he's given you. And here's something that, that we can find comfort in as we give and as we, we're generous and as we tithe. It's Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 8. I love this verse. It says, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Isn't that encouraging to know that whenever you're obedient to what the Word of God says and you're obedient to steward your finances in this way, that it says, yeah, here mortal men are receiving, like you're giving it to a, to, a, to a place or to a person, or to, like when you're generous, you're being generous to a person in the flesh, but it says that there Jesus is receiving what you're doing. That when you tithe, Jesus is the one receiving it. That when you give, Jesus is the one, Right? He's the one who's receiving those things in heaven. He's receiving the tithes and the giving, and he wants to bless you through your obedience in this area. And so the first point was that tithing is personal. Here's point number two. Money is a terrible master. Money is a terrible master. Listen, everybody just smile at me, everybody. Money is a terrible master. Here's what, here's what Luke chapter 16 says. It says, whoever is faithful with very little will also be faithful with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful with the belongings of another, God owns it all, who will give you belongings of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I looked up, I looked up the word here that we translate as money, and here's, here's what it means. It's an Aramaic word that means riches, money, possessions, and property. Riches, money, possessions, and property. So we could read this verse in this way at the very end. He says, he writes it down, and he says, You cannot serve both God and riches, money, possessions, and property. You can't, you can't do it. There's no way to serve both. And this is a term that, that, it's a term for the treasure a person trusts in. Let me ask you today, where is your trust? Is your trust in how much you make? Is your trust in how much you can hold on to? Is your trust in having, you know, uh, all of this set back just in case something happens? Or is your trust in God and following his direction and, and what he leads you to do? with what he supplied and provided for you. In other words, this verse, you cannot have your trust in God and money at the same time. You will either be devoted to one or you're going to be devoted 
to the other. And so I want to ask you this morning, are you devoted to God or are you devoted to your riches and your money and your possessions and your property? Or is God your master or are those things your master? And here's, here's the interesting thing. I believe that when you're serving God, you can have all of those things. In fact, I believe that when you are serving God, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first. Right before that, he's talking about don't, don't, don't worry about all these things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're gonna, where you're going to sleep and how you're going to live and are we going to have enough and have you seen the bills this month and, you know, I'm just taking some liberty with the scripture. But don't worry about, don't worry about all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things that you've been worrying about will be added to you as well. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of the other stuff gets added in. So I think that you, when you're serving God and when you're stewarding well what God has given you, that more will come, right? Because God can trust you. Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to get checks in the mail every single week, so don't walk out of here and be like, well, well Pastor Gabe said that if I'm stewarding well, then every week somebody, I'm just going to see a check in the mail. I'm just going to see this in, come in the mail. I believe God can do that, but that you're going to see him blessing, blessing what you're doing, and you're going to see him pouring more into you in different areas of your life as well. Because he, want, he's, he sees somebody that he can... He can pour a blessing into and that you'll steward it in the way that he desires for you to steward it. That you'll do with it what he wants you to do with it as he leads you and guides you. That you're walking with him saying, you know what, whatever you ask me to do, God, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And so I think that when you're serving God, you can have the riches and the money and the possessions and the property because you'll use them to serve God. But when you begin to serve the riches and the money and the possessions and the property, you will lose your devotion to God. I like to picture it this way. It's almost like if, if you had God here and you had uh, money or, or as it's defined as riches and possessions and property and all of these things. And whenever, have you ever noticed this in your life? I have, okay. Whenever you start to lean, and now I have a little more trust in what I have, and now I'm making a little bit more, and so I don't really pray as much. And now my income went up, and so I don't really... And you see what's happening? I'm leaning more into my stuff, which is pulling me away from my devotion to God. But in the kingdom of God, isn't this so interesting? That if I will lean all into God, that all the other things, he'll make sure that I have everything I need. He'll make sure not only that I have everything that I need, but he'll make sure that I have extra so that I can be a blessing because I am blessed to be a blessing. He'll make sure that I have more than enough to do every good work. Whenever I'm leaning into him, but it says you can't, you can't serve both at the same time. You're going to be devoted to one or you're going to be devoted to the other, but you won't be devoted to both at the same time. And so how do we know if we're truly serving God or money? How do we know? If this is such a big deal that Jesus himself, he said, you cannot serve both God and money, then how do we know? Here's one way that I think we can know. We can ask ourselves this question. Does God determine what you do with your money and possessions, or do your money and possessions determine what you do with God? Does God determine what you do with what he's given you? Or do the things that you have and what he's given you determine whether or not, like, well, this is all I have, and so I really can't afford to do that, even though God's leading me to do that. Where, where is your allegiance? Is it, is it God is determining, God is determining what I'm going to do with all this because I'm serving him and I'm following him. 
Or am I serving and following this? And it's determining whether or not I can afford to do what God's telling me to do. To be obedient to God's voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, even as you're going about your week and he calls you to be generous to somebody. I think that that's a great way that we can discover. I heard it said this way one time, that money is a wonderful servant but a terrible master. Money is, money is necessary. Would anybody agree that money is necessary? I mean, everything we do costs money. Where you live, it costs money. What you drive costs money. What you eat, it costs money. God, do you think that God knows what you need? He 100% knows what you need. And he says, hey, I, I, I'm going to give you all of this, and I want you to, I want you to just be obedient to, have, to some principles that I put in place so that I can ble- continue to bless you knowing that you're going to do what I, what I ask you, and you're always going to have enough. And not just enough, you're going to have extra. Another thing that, under this point that I want to mention, I felt it important to mention today, was this concept that your heart follows where you open up your treasure. Your heart follows where your treasure is. And this is in Matthew chapter 6. I want to read verses 19 through 21. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love what this word treasure actually means because it helps us to get a better, a deeper understanding of what is being written here and what this, this principle is that we're called to live by. The word that we translate as treasure here is a word that means a storehouse for precious things. It's a storehouse. He says, where, where, are, you, where are you storing all of your precious things? Where is the box that you have all of your precious things in? Where are you storing all of that up? And it's interesting because this is the same word that was used in the story where the wise men found Jesus in the Christmas story. And I want to read it to you. This is in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. It says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So the same word that Jesus used, where he said, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, is the same word that was used when he said, And when the wise men got to Jesus... They opened up their treasure. And inside, they opened up the storehouse for their precious things, and they took out the precious things, and they said, this belongs to you. I'm offering this to you. And Jesus said, where that is, where your treasure is, where you're, where you're putting those things, that's where your heart will be also. That's where your heart will be also. In other words, where you are storing or saving up your precious things, that's where your heart's going to be. If you're saving up or storing up your treasure in kingdom things, then your heart will be in kingdom things. But if you're saving up or storing up your treasure in self-serving things, then your heart will be focused on you. And one last thing on this point before we go to point number three that I, that I, that I wanted to point out to you. Did you notice who you're storing things up for? Because we look at it and we're like, well, I'm just giving everything, I'm just giving everything to God. The scripture doesn't necessarily say that. Let's go back and look at it in verse 19, 619. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for who? 
yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You are storing up things for yourself either here on earth or in heaven. And he tells us, he says, if you're storing up things for yourself, storing up treasure for yourself here on earth, that stuff will fade away, and guess what? You can't take it with you. It, it, it will not last eternally. But when you're storing up your treasure in heaven, and I could go through the whole list of what I believe storing up your treasure in heaven is, but for the sake of time, we're not going to go there. But when you're doing things, and you're operating in a way, and you're investing your resources, and you're being obedient to Jesus, to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life, with your resources and your treasure, you're storing up for yourself treasure in a place that nobody can steal it. It'll never rust. It'll never disappear. It will be there for you. You are storing it up in a place that will last forever. And he says, listen, here's what I'm asking you to do. Don't store up for yourself. Listen, I know it's a tendency. I know it's a, ten it's a tendency for me to store up for yourself treasure here on earth. But don't store it up here. Store it up in heaven. Store it up for yourself in heavenly things, in kingdom things, where it cannot be stolen, it does not rust, it does not disappear, and it's waiting on you. Amen? Here is, here is point number three. Um, point number three is simply this. You reap after you sow. And we've all heard the phrase, and we're going to talk about it in just a moment, that you reap what you sow. And that is true. But you reap after you sow. I'm about to, to read a few verses that we've read before, and I referenced them earlier, but it's, about, uh, it's important that we know the context of these verses because if you read before this, if you read, because we're going to read in 2 Corinthians 9, if you read before this, Paul is writing to them about an offering. So there is a group of people, if you go back and read it, go back and read like those chapters around it. There's a group of people that they've committed to support and to give to. And he says, hey, this is, this is the need that we have going on right now. And so he, he says, I'm sending some people to you so that they can help you prepare the generous gift that you have committed to give. And so you can prepare to give it. And this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 5. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you beforehand and make arrangements for the bountiful gift you had promised. This way, your gift will be prepared generously and not begrudgingly. Come on, isn't that, isn't that good stuff right there? That, that God, wants you, God wants you to prepare your gift, and he wants you to prepare and be obedient to him, not begrudgingly, but with generosity. We talked about this last year in our word for the year, devoted. And how even the first church, they were so devoted to generosity that if somebody had a need, they would go sell their own stuff to meet their need. They were that generous. I mean, they, it was like, this is all God's anyway, and he's blessed us with it, and you have a need, I'll go sell my car so that I can meet your need because you're a part of the body of Christ. Isn't that awesome? I mean, what if, what if the church functioned like that? What if every one of us as the body of Christ functioned like that? I mean, there would be no, there'd be no need anywhere because we're just living generously. Then he, he goes on, he says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you, look at this, should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not out of regret or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace, look at this verse, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every great work. 
in all times, having all that you need in every way imaginable, that you will have what you need to abound in every great work. And I love verse 7, that each one of you should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not out of regret or compulsion. Listen, you know that today is Give Big Weekend, and the reason we told you about it several weeks beforehand is because you do, we don't want you showing up on Sunday, January 23rd, and be like, oh, this is what we're doing? No, it's so that you can decide in your heart. You can pray about it and decide, God, what is it that you're calling me to do? What is it that you're asking me to do? Not out of regret, not out of compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. Somebody who gives cheerfully. And I want to share something with you that I read a while back, and I made a note in my phone of it. And I pulled it out for this because I felt like uh, this was the, the most appropriate time to share it. And it's three principles of sowing and reaping. I'll go through these really quickly, and the worship team can come back as we end. Three principles of sowing and reaping. Principle number one is you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And it says it this way, Many believers expect a harvest of something they've never planted. If you want to reap financial blessings, you first have to sow tithes and offerings. Many of us, you ever been there? Because I have. You were expecting, and when you look back on it now, I was expecting a harvest from something I never even put in the ground. And I'm like, God, I need this in my life, but I never sowed a seed. I never planted anything in the ground for it to grow so that there could be a harvest that would come into my life. The second one is this. So number one, you reap what you sow. Here's number two, you reap after you sow. Many people say that they will start giving when they have more money, but the problem is you can't reap before you sow so sometimes we are waiting we are waiting until we get to a certain income level or a certain like i will be generous when i get to here if i can just get to here i'll be generous but here's the problem with that method is you can't reap what you can't reap before you've sown so i have to begin to sow if i want to get to that place I need to begin to sow. I say, God, I want you to bless it. You show me where to sow this. You show me where to plant this. You show me what to do with this. You show me how to invest this in the right thing so that I can reap a harvest. You reap after you sow. And here's number three. I love this one. You reap more than you sow. You reap what you sow. You reap after you sow. And you reap more than you sow. And look at this. Just as a few kernels, just a few kernels of planted corn will produce a stalk with several ears, and each ear will contain hundreds of seed kernels. That's a pretty good return. You always get more when you sow God's way, but it starts with faithfully planting the first seed. It starts with whatever you sow, that is what you will reap. There's a scripture that says, God will not be mocked, whatever you sow, that is what you'll reap. And so many of us are expecting a harvest from something we have not planted. But if you will begin to plant, if you will begin to sow seed, if you will begin to be generous with your life, to live generously, then you can reap after you sow. And the great news is, you reap more than what you sow. Think about it. You plant something in the ground, you don't just get one thing in return. You plant one seed and you get many things in return. You get a plant that produces many things, that has seeds in it that you can then plant back in the ground. You reap after you sow, and you always reap more than you sow. 
I want to read this verse to you. This is in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. And the writer says this. He says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Look at verse 25. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Anybody ever really enjoyed somebody that was refreshing to you? They did something for you that you were not expecting and it was refreshing to you. They were generous to you in a way that you were not expecting. It was refreshing to you. It says that those who refresh others, they themselves, they're going to be refreshed. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we would think that was backward. No, like I like it when I get stuff. I like it when somebody's given to me. But when you begin to sow, when you begin to live generously, you can reap out of that generosity and the seeds that you've planted and the things that you've sown, and you'll reap more than what you even sowed. And I believe it's a principle in Scripture, but we can't expect a harvest from things that we've never sown. You've got to plant first. Water, time, harvest. And here's my encouragement to you. Begin to plant. Begin to plant. I, I want to I I be a better steward of my finances. I want to have more resources so I can be more generous, right? You begin to plant. Begin to plant. Start, listen, start small. Start small. Like decide in your heart, this is what I can do right now, but I'm going to begin to plant. And don't despise small beginnings because they produce big results. And I know I can't do a whole lot right now because I haven't stewarded my finances well and I'm in this place position right now, but I can start somewhere. I'm gonna, and I'm going to pick something. I'm going to decide in my heart something and I'm going to sow it. I'm going to sow it. And I'm believing that you reap what you sow, you reap after you sow, and you reap more than you sow. And as God pours blessing back into my life, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow some more. And I'm going to become more and more generous as my life goes on. And we didn't read it, but it, it goes on in 2 Corinthians 9 to say basically that there would be bread for the eater and, and seed to sow. That not only are you going to have what you need, but you're going to have what you need and you're going to have extra so that you can sow it. So that you can plant it in other places and you can be a blessing and live generously in other people's lives around you. Are you with me? Will you stand to your feet today? <clears throat> I want to give you some instruction. I want to encourage you with a couple of things. And then we're going to take a moment and, and, and we're going to sing one final song. And uh, I believe there are, there are many of us here today. There were many in the, the 9 o'clock service that you've already prepared in your heart what it is. Like you know what it is that God's calling you to do. You've already decided in your heart, this is, this is, what, this is how I'm going to honor God at the beginning of the year in the area of my finances. Because a lot of times we don't have a whole lot of struggle honoring God with other parts of our lives. But when it comes to our money. And I think that's why, I think that's why the scripture said and Jesus said it's not you can't serve both God and the devil. You, you can't serve both God and your stuff. Because if you start to lean towards your stuff, you're going to lose, you're stepping away from God. Because now my trust is in here. Now I'm leaning this way. Now I'm putting more reliance on the things that I have and being comfortable than I am relying on God and when God is the center of my life when I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then all the other stuff come on do you believe the word 
Do you believe that, that something that Jesus spoke, our example, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, when he said it, that he meant it, and that it's a real deal? That when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else you've been worrying about, he'll add it to you. All that stuff comes as a byproduct of you being sold out to God. It's a byproduct of you serving God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. And my first bit of encouragement, I already said it, would be to start start somewhere. Start somewhere. Well, I just don't have enough. This is called Give Big Weekend. You start somewhere. And you begin to sow a seed. You begin to sow a seed. You can start somewhere. And here's the thing. I love 2 Corinthians 9 because 2 Corinthians 9 to me is a pressure off verse. Like you read these, you read these verses and it's like, oh wow. Like I'm not, I'm not supposed to give out of regret or out of compulsion or out of any of those things because God loves a cheerful giver. So here's what I'm called to do. I'm called to decide in my heart. Just, just pray. God, what is it? You know my financial. Come on, do you believe that God knows your financial situation better than you do? He knows what you have and what you don't have. And you just ask the Lord and you say, you know what, God, I trust you. And you speak something to my heart and I'm, and I'm going to decide to be generous because you love a cheerful giver, not somebody who gives out of compulsion. You don't feel, do not feel under compulsion today. Do not feel like there is pressure today. Do not feel like anything. Listen, the, all these principles that are in the word of God are not because God needs more stuff. It's not because God needs your money. It's for you. It's for me. It's so that I can live blessed, so that I can live fulfilled, so that he can funnel things through me. And here, I want to give you some instruction and then make a few statements, and then we're going to sing and, and, and give together. Um, just some practical things. Um, most of you if, you, if you go to church here, you know we don't even take, we don't take up an offering. Like, there are giving boxes at the back. This is the only time generally once a year to where we give some instruction on how you can do this because we want you to know how and from the rest of the year on you'll know like okay when i when i'm giving this is how i can give so uh you can you can go online yourimpactchurch.com slash give um, you can go on the church center app and you can click the giving tab at the bottom um, and it'll pull right up for you if you're going to do those or if you want to give in the giving boxes and you want to walk it back there or you want to drop it in on your way out or whatever that's perfectly fine uh, just write on the envelope, give big, or there's a drop-down thing that says give big offering if you're online or on the app. That's so we know, uh, so it categorizes right, basically, all right, so uh, so that we know what it was for. And uh, you can do that. If you're online right now, then in the comment section, there's going to be a link that's going to pop up, and you can simply click that link if you choose to give today, and you can be a part of what God is doing and begin to sow a seed. And uh, And I would just encourage you. I would encourage you, start somewhere. If you want to reap, you have to sow. Sow something. Sow something. Not because, listen, not because the church needs your money. My goodness, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. Listen, I don't say this to brag, but every year of this church, the income has gone up. When we had COVID in 2020, the income went up. Like we're doing fine. You are you are giving and you are being generous, and we're able to do ministry, and we have people that can prepare that ministry, and people that are serving in those ministries, and we're reaching young people and kids and adults. I mean, we're doing okay. 
This is not about needing more money. This is a principle that we that we put in place every single year at the beginning of the year, and it's not for the church, and it's not for because God needs your money. It's for you. God's saying, will you honor me? Just be obedient. Will you honor me with your finances to begin this year? And watch what God can do in your life. Don't rob God of the opportunity to bless you. Don't rob. I don't want to rub, rub, rob God of the opportunity to bless me in my life. So just a few statements, and then, and then I'll be done. I want to encourage you with just a few things. If you've never, if you've never tithed or you've stopped tithing, I would just encourage you to begin honoring God with that percentage of your income. Maybe, maybe for you, that's the starting point. You're like, that's 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 where I need to start. Is right there. I need to start by honoring God in this way. A few other things: choose to serve God and not money. Decide in your heart what you should give. I like these: give cheerfully, give generously, store your treasure in heaven and remember you can only reap after you sow God wants to do so much through your life and my prayer is that from everybody on this platform right now all the way to the back of the room those watching online and those over here at 9 o'clock is that we would be generous people not just here not just here that we would be generous people everywhere that we went that it, when we're at work, we're generous. When we're at the store, we're generous. I mean, like, we would just live life, a life full of generosity. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. So here's my invitation, and I'm going to pray. One invitation today. Will you honor God in the area of your finances to begin this year? That's it. And you just do what he tells you to do. You just do what he tells you to do. So, Lord, today I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to, uh, to gather here. Lord, I pray that we would never, ever take it for granted. Lord, the opportunity we have to come here and how you have blessed us with amazing worship and loving people that love to serve. God, you've blessed us financially. You have blessed us in every single way. Help us to be a blessing to other people. Lord, as individuals, help us to live our lives generously in every way that we would be generous people and Lord I pray above all else today that that we would be obedient people that we would just do what it is you ask us to do what you tell us to do that we would begin somewhere that we would not despise something that may seem small and insignificant but we would look at it as no I'm planting a seed I'm planting a seed I'm sowing so that I can reap I'm sowing something today. And Lord, we pray above all that you would bless everything and every person today that is obedient to your voice. Lord, bless us all. You love us so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship and let's give together.